Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 15 through 9-7, called, His Name Will Be Called. He will fulfill his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the meantime, we've been grafted in to the people of Emmanuel, and we have become his people as well. And so here's the response. God says, be broken. This is eight, nine, O peoples. And be shattered and give ear all remotes, remote places of the earth. Gird yourselves. If you have an English standard version, it says, strap on your armor, yet be shattered. Gird yourselves, strap on your armor, ESV again, yet be shattered. You're going to come against the people. You can raise the war cry, you nations, and be shattered. Listen, all you distant lands, prepare for battle. This is the NIV, and be shattered. Prepare for battle and be shattered. You can strap up uh, the armor all day long and try to fight God. Isn't it a silly thing? Do You know, the book of Revelation tells us that there are going to be a group of people who think they can fight God. They're actually going to assemble armies to fight the living God, the one that spoke the universe into existence. Let's get him. Get the bazooka. God's going to go, squish. Devise a plan, but it will be thwarted, 10. State a proposal, but it will not stand. For God is with us. You might want to just write in your margin again, Emmanuel. Do you believe that whatever your circumstances might be tonight, if you are a Christian, God is with you? Do you believe that? One of the most emphatic promises we have in the Bible is Hebrews 13, 5, and 6. And let's let's turn over there. Um, Hold your finger in Isaiah. Go to Hebrews, almost near the end of your New Testament. Go to Hebrews 13. This is the promise made to the church of God Hebrews 13, 5. Let your character be free from the love of money. Hebrews 13, 5. Being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid What shall man do to me? When this was written, go back to Isaiah, it was written to a group of Hebrew Christians who were struggling to hold on to their faith in the Messiah. Because persecution abounded in the first century. If you became a Christian as a Jew in the first century, you could lose your business, you could lose your business contacts, you could be excommunicated from your family, you could be considered worse than dirt. And there are people in the modern day that have experienced that type of thing. They convert from Islam to Christianity. You could die for that. They convert out of a cultic movement into Christianity and are disassociated from their family. And this is reality. I heard a story of a pastor. He was ministering in a Muslim-dominated country and young man came into a church service they were holding 
and he was very intrigued with the gospel. And so he talked to the pastor after the service and the pastor faithfully proclaimed the gospel of Christ and he said, I'm very interested in receiving the Lord, but pastor, you don't know what it's gonna cost me. Well, the pastor was thinking in terms of what we would normally think of like, well, yeah, you're gonna have to give up a couple things and yeah, you're gonna have to change your lifestyle and repent of your sin, but it's worth it. Well, the young man committed his life that night and it was, a, I think, about a day later that a group came to get him, get the pastor in a Jeep at night and they took him to a location. He wasn't sure what was going on, but he was brought to a location where he was brought up to a body laying on the ground and he looked down and it was that young man. He had been beheaded. And then the words rung in the pastor's mind, you don't know what it's going to cost me. You don't know what it's going to cost me. And then God spoke to that pastor and said, do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that what you preached to that young man that night was worth his life? You better believe it. See, sometimes in our Western minds, we think, oh yeah, I may have to give up Rocky Road. (laughs) You know, I'm being silly, but you get my point. Sometimes it's not very substantial things. I'll really have to give up that and I have to go to ch- Yeah, you don't have to do anything. You ought to want to. But God is with us. He is with you. God is our Bethel. In Genesis uh, 32, when Jacob was moving around and Esau was chasing him and he was literally between a rock and a hard place, One of the verses in there, I think it's Genesis 32, 28, says, God was here, you ever said this before? And I didn't know it. And he named the place Bethel, the house of God. God was here and I didn't know it. I wonder how many times that happens. You know, we're muttering about something. This business deal's not happening. The traffic's not moving. Where's the burrito? It's been three minutes and 50 seconds. Did they go to Mexico to get the thing? Ever been there before? Maybe it's just me. (laughs) And then you think, am I that fleshly and spoiled that that's my mindset? That's the worst thing that happens to me is I'm waiting for a burrito for four minutes? For thus the Lord spoke to me with mighty power. English Standard Version says, with a strong hand upon me and instructed or warned me not to walk in the way of this people. Here's the warning to the prophet. You are not to say it is a conspiracy, 12, in regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy. And he shall, or let him, be your fear. And he shall be your dread. You are not to fear what they fear. But that's easy to read. And maybe even easy to say until you're sitting in Judah and you know Syrian forces and Israeli forces are assembling to come to the south, and you don't even know what Assyria is going to do because they're stronger than everybody. 
And people have decided that they're going to wage war with you, and the king is sitting there knowing that they want to depose him and put somebody else on the throne because he's not part of their program. People are assembling for war. How many of you like the Lord of the Rings movies? Not all of you? I like the war scenes, personally. Those ugly dudes. And you know, there's always this big buildup to the war scenes. But could you imagine being one of those people on the wall when those ugly looking creatures and the big huge dudes, boom, 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 you know, the fire? I mean, you'd be having to have to muster some courage from somewhere. There's no escape. You're at war. Now, do you believe? Do you believe that God is with you? When you're Gideon and God says, take your army from 32,000 and make it 300. And I'll give you the victory. But God, God. If you look at things on the surface, there's no way you're going to do that. You have to question God. God, are you sure? Wait, let me clear my ears again. Is that really what you want? Yeah, because I want people to know that the victory is going to be me, not you. See, that's when your faith is tested. And I'll tell you what, it makes me gulp a little bit because I'm not sure that that's where our faith is tonight. But if it were true, if God said something similar to you, yeah, armies are assembling, but you put your faith in me and I'll take care of it. What would we do? Will we come to a prayer meeting? Hmm. See, this is the kind of reality that these people are facing. And when you see how big it looks, you begin to put yourself in their sandals and you start to say, you know what? I can understand some of the humanity here. I can understand why people and kings are asking questions like, can I trust this God? Is this what I should do? And God says, the most important thing is that you regard me as holy. Then, if you fear God, end of 13, and let him be your dread. And I think here both is the idea of fear and reverence. Jesus said, don't fear him who can kill the body, but after that he has no power over you. Rather, fear him who can kill your soul and cast it into the deepest part of Hades. That's the one you ought to fear. If you fear God, if he is your dread, 14, he shall become a sanctuary. But to both the houses of Israel, that is, both Israel in the north and Judah to the south, if you fear him, he will become your sanctuary. What's a sanctuary? Well, we think of the tabernacle and later the temple. We can think of the, the inner dwelling, you know, the holy place and the holy of holies. And when you think of a sanctuary, what would you think of? What, what comes to mind for you? Hmm? A, re- a place of refuge, that's good, right? Uh, sometimes that word is even used, you know, when you maybe are on the run and you get sanctuary in a, maybe a holy place. But I think the most important thing that the sanctuary represents is the presence of God. If you fear me, listen, I will be your sanctuary. I will be your place of refuge and my presence 
will carry you through. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Nebi K. Nedzer, if you're a VeggieTale fan. If you're not, Nebuchadnezzar builds his big golden image. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Since last year, our listener partnerships have grown. Last Christmas, we let our listeners know it cost over $150,000 a year to fund this ministry. That includes radio airtime, podcasting, promotion, equipment, supplies, and one part-time staff member. At this time last year, we were excited to report listener support had reached 25% of our overall budget. The rest is funded by Living Truth Christian Fellowship Church funds. Now that has grown to 31%, and because of that, we have added Walk in Truth to three more radio stations, where more people have had a chance to hear these teachings. We could still use your help, too. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. A, re- a place of refuge, that's good, right? Uh, sometimes that word is even used, you know, when you maybe are on the run and you get sanctuary in a, maybe a holy place. But I think the most important thing that the sanctuary represents is the presence of God. If you fear me, listen, I will be your sanctuary. I will be your place of refuge, and my presence will carry you through. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, Nebi K. Nedzer, if you're a VeggieTale fan. If you're not, Nebuchadnezzar builds his big golden image, right? When the music plays, everybody bows. So there's a sea of humanity. Everybody's out there. The, the officials, the, the captive peoples, everybody. The king's made the golden image. It's party time. The music starts to play, and there's three young Hebrew boys sticking out like a sore thumb. Hey, boss. That's VeggieTales again. Those young men that you hired, they're not bowing. So... Maybe you didn't hear me right. Maybe you didn't hear the music when it played. We're going to give you one more chance. Strike up the band. Ready to bow now? What would you be doing? Uh, Heat up the furnace seven times hotter. So it's either death by fire. That doesn't sound too inviting. Or you bow. What would you be thinking to yourself? Well, God, you couldn't have sent me to Babylon to die. I'll bow now so I can get a chance to witness to these people later. (laughs) Lord, I'll be bowing on the outside, but standing on the inside. Right? You go through all these excuses. They won't bow. They have been taught, before they were led captive into that foreign land, 
that the first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. The second commandment says, don't make an idol to what? Bow down to it. So the Hebrew males have been taught. They're in a foreign land. Imagine your teenager in a foreign land standing before an idol with his life on the line. Has he got the steel in his soul? Say, I'm not going to bow. My mom and dad told me. They taught me the commandments. I can't bow. So the king is angry and he heats up that fire and the, the, his own servants die just getting close to it and they throw them in there. And then what happens? They don't die. And there's a fourth one in there and he looks like the son of the gods and back to the veggie tales and he's real shiny. So the king is impressed. He pulls them out of there. Your God must be the God, you know. Of course, in the next chapter, then Nebuchadnezzar has to be humbled again. Hair grows long, he becomes a rock star. <laughs> but we don't have time for that. <laughs> you could read Daniel chapter four later. Do you think that if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had bowed at the second request of Nebuchadnezzar, God would have killed them? I don't think so. Everybody else was bound, and there were other Hebrew people there. We have no record that God killed anybody there. What would, have, what would have happened? Would God have forgiven them? Yeah. But you know what they would have missed? Jesus in the fire. Do you know what you miss when you give in to sin and temptation? See, for years, this is, this is what I did. My flesh got the best of me. I'll never do that again. I'd make these statements all the time. Never. A couple days later, I'm back in that same line again. See, what we miss when we don't stand is Jesus and his miraculous sustaining presence. Are you learning that the more you do stand and take the way of escape, that he comes with you into the fire. He didn't promise to take you out of the fire just to protect you through it. But in that moment, you get tested with, will you believe me? Will you believe that I can sustain you in the fire? That's what God is saying. I will become a sanctuary to you, 14, if you will fear me. If you regard me as holy, if the most important thing in your life every single day is my holiness and my honor, if that's your passion, I will be your sanctuary. But for the others, notice what happens. I will be a sanctuary to those who fear me, but to others, to the houses of Israel, a stone to strike and a rock to stumble over and a snare and a trap for the inhabitants of Jerusalem and many, note that, many will stumble over them. Then they will fall and be broken. They will even be snared and caught. God says, there's two options. If you treat me as holy, I'll become your sanctuary. If you think I'm irrelevant, you will stumble over me, but you cannot avoid me. See, a lot of people think, Jesus is irrelevant, and I'll just put him in an irrelevant category, and therefore I won't have to deal with him, and you're wrong, because it's his universe and his planet, and you are going to run into him. And he will either become for you a refuge and a sanctuary, 
or you will stumble over the stumbling stone, 1 Peter 2.8, and you will be smashed to pieces. There's no middle ground. You can't just think that you can put Jesus in an irrelevant category and somehow avoid him for the rest of your life. You won't because he owns the universe. And he says, you're either for me or against me. The gospel is not some irrelevant way of life that people think they they can just push to the side. And that's what a lot of people think. And so they say, that's good for you. I'm glad that works for you. And sometimes we think, oh, fine, I guess they don't need Jesus then. No, this is not about pragmatism, brothers and sisters. This is either about finding a sanctuary or finding yourself in pieces on the ground. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus said. So he says, bind up the testimony 16, seal the law among my disciples. There's a remnant. And I will wait for the Lord. You might want to just write in your Bible, Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. And they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not grow faint. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face, notice, from the house of Jacob or Israel. I will even look eagerly for him. That's what he wants. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me. And these are Isaiah's two kids. Remember I told you the first one is assigned and the second one will be as well. And Isaiah is assigned to his generation that they will keep on listening but not listen. Keep on hearing but not listen, right? Behold, I, I think that's Isaiah there, and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. You can cross-reference chapter 20, verse 3, where I think it has more to do with a symbol here. My children are for signs and symbols in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the place of of the temple, if you will, and seems to mirror the holy dwelling place of God. Bind up the testimony. You've been listening to His Name Will Be Called, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 15 through 9-7. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we would love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend that you do. But either way, Please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, it means that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, when you reverence the Lord, and that's another way to say the word fear, when you have a holy, righteous reverence for who he is and how he holds everything together, his mighty holiness and power, well, the natural thing is going to be to reverence him with fear and awe to live your life in such a way that you honor him. And then when you do that, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's where everything starts. Think of it that way. It's where everything begins. The fear of the Lord puts everything else into perspective. And here's another thing. When the fear of the Lord is a reality in your life, it will put all other fears into perspective. You won't fear man anymore. You won't fear every circumstance anymore because the fear of the Lord will be to please him to share his gospel, to honor him, uh, etc. Well, here we are at the end of the year, 
and you may be new to the Walk in Truth broadcast. And for some of you, you may have been listening for quite some time. Maybe you're a partner, maybe you're not. But this is the end of the year, and this is a time when people decide to give. And we are a uh, a nonprofit ministry. And if you want to give an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation, now's the time to do it, obviously. And you can do that right now at walkintruth.com. Now, we certainly could use uh, all the help we can get to pay for radio airtime. It does cost money. We have added radio stations this last year. Uh, Some of you who listen, for example, in Georgia know that we've done just that. We've added a station in Northern California. And uh, for all of our listeners there, welcome aboard. We're so glad you're part of it. We'd like to say that to more areas. Uh, We have many more mission fields we'd like to walk through those doors. And so we we want to do that. Would you help us with that? You can become a monthly partner of, let's say, $20 a month. That's not a whole lot for most people. Maybe you want to up your uh, partnering with us from $10 or $20 to more, or maybe a one-time gift. You can do it all at walkintruth.com. Hey, if you believe in what we're doing, I don't get paid to do radio ministry. I do it because it's my passion. Uh, our team is just dedicated to getting the gospel out, and it, and it is so it's so desperately needed, brethren, in our world, as I think you well know. So pray for us, and if you can help at all, walkintruth.com. Hey, appreciate you, God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll see you right here tomorrow for more on His Name Will Be Called. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 15 through 9-7, called His Name Will Be Called. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.